What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's another Thursday with Thor. Hope you guys are really smoking on some good or breaking down your good, rolling it up right now because we're about to get started. Break out the extracts. Let's go. Hope you guys are having a wonderful August. You know, we're transitioning into flower this month. Um, for a lot of us, you know, in different hemispheres of the world, it's always different. Um, some of us are seasonal. Uh, some of us could grow year round. Um, some of us grow with greenhouses, uh, you know, forest flowering at certain times to try to get multiple harvests. Some of us will grow with uh, photoperiod species and a subspecies autoflower as well. Some of us will grow full time autoflower. Some people grow hemp. Some people grow hemp and in the middle of their hemp, they'll have some photoperiod and autoflower cannabis growing, you know, and it's just it depends on where you're at in the world. You know, what's what your state laws are, you know. Uh, if you're in the United States, uh, you know, outside the world, you know, so many great things are starting to happen for so many countries. Uh, one of the topics I really wanted to cover, you know, not long ago and still is on my bucket list here for the podcast is places that travel around the world and, you know, places to visit and, uh, you know, countries that are now legalizing things enough to where you could actually, um, you know, catch a plane ticket, uh, invest your vacation money into actually visiting another country and enjoying the uh, cannabis community. A lot of them are just beginning, so it's kind of still a little sketchy going into some areas, you know. But, uh, you know, that's something that I really wanted to touch on later on. But to go back to what I was talking about with what we're dealing with, with seasonal growing outdoors, um, you know, and being in the midst of August here, the first few weeks, we could still sometimes get some veg uh, work in, some training work in, and some transplanting and stuff like that in for the very first week of August. Uh, I live up here in the New England area. Um, I'm located in Maine, actually. Uh, Maine is a wonderful state. It is legal to grow here. You can get licensed. Uh, you could also um, just get a personal license and grow for yourself, too. So there's uh, multiple different ways you could start to really um, learn about seasonal growing and uh you know i grow indoors as well as outdoors um we utilize our outdoors for extraction it's actually how we get our extract for personal use um a lot of the time i like to grow some growing hash because the truth about it is is sometimes if you catch the right genetic the right cultivars and you grow them the right way you really and truly can have some of the best uh, hash you've ever experienced in your life even versus indoors like i said it has to be done right though you know you have to be very good at this there can be no contaminants you know you really have to ensure that you're you know growing healthy cannabis there's a lot of disease and stuff that happens out here and especially in new england here you know with the high humidities if you grow in the valleys and the mountains and stuff too you're dealing with you know extra humidity so you know, things can happen in flower that will really deter you from success. So you have to really kind of train and, and add certain things at the right time. And, you know, I know things are changing in the industry as far as, you know, bottled nutrients and organic. And now you have your veganic, you know, out there. And for a lot of people not familiar with the with the veganic, that's, you know, basically a protein and soy um, hydrosylates that are, you know, more or less kind of made through a more expensive process, a long-term process that takes a little bit 
um, more to grow the vegan, uh, veganic style, which typically versus bottle nutrients, it could be a very big difference in how much it costs. I mean, somewhere is around 20 to 50 bucks is usually what it's costing um, per pound. Uh, that you produce um, about 20 to 50 is what your nutrient cost is going to be depending on your company. And a lot of these new companies and these hydro companies uh, such as Drip Hydro, they're really kind of setting the tone for the market too as well to what's affordable and still produces top quality. So I really have enjoyed the prices when it comes down to Drip Hydro, but it still can be, you know, um, pretty affordable when it comes down to using those types but the organic guys and these veganic guys are really you know putting a lot into it and it's a long-term thing it takes more um it's not as easy accessible um the process takes a little longer to get the actual nutrients uh derived from you know the ingredients that they use whether it's you know stalks of certain plants leaves you know composting etc and you know, sometimes people can beat that by going out to the store and buying some organic mixes that are already pre-made, but it still ends up kind of on the bottle side of things if you're not truly organic, you know, and, and you're mixing organic, you know, uh, like boxes and stuff like that, all the organics that they have. And it's still organic. Don't get me wrong. It's just. This is Liam with Atlas Seed, proud sponsor of the Autoflower Review. For direct access to the best of the best of our genetic library, check out our breeder selection marketplace at www.atlasseed.com. Now to the review. You know, a little different in the process and long term, but at this point of flower, you're really going to want to hang on to your, you know, essential nutrients that are really going to kick and ignite your your uh you know cultivars into flower here autoflowers kind of tend to do it on their own with or with a uh with or without the you know bud igniters or you know um flower uh, initiators things that kind of kick it into to gear which i still recommend in the first couple of weeks doing your veg nutrients and still you know being able to transplant and train a little bit so don't worry too much in the first week of August if you're up here in the New England area and you're a seasonal grower. Um, I know it's sometimes the same here as it can be across the United States too as well. So if you are dealing with seasonal, you understand that August is your month that's really going to transition you into flower. You know, second to the end of the month, you're really, really starting to see the stretch uh, begin. I'm already seeing a little bit of the stretch in the first week of August here. Going into the second week, I'm pretty sure we are starting to be at that point to where we could really start to feel the flower coming on. Like I said, I see the stretching coming along. I see the plants are wanting to drink um, double the amount. I see they're wanting to eat a little bit more than usual, too. They'll go a little bit lime green on you. You want to make sure you get that nice, flush, good green going on, not too dark green. That's a, you know, a sign that you're overfeeding, too, as well. You'll also see different things if you're overfeeding, like curling and whatnot, too, as well. But you really want to see a nice green. You want to see those leaves stick straight out, you know, no, uh, no, you know, bad formations or anything like that. No tacoing. Sometimes genetically it can do that, which leads me to, you know, kind of the next thing, you know, uh, outdoors, you know, we checked in on that stuff. But to talk about, like, you know, things that you're going to see. Um, sometimes outdoor with expressions, sometimes you can see um, what we call mutations and what, you know, some plants have a little bit more of that uh, mutant in them than, than others. And I believe now that we are getting into the age of 
this new type of cannabis that is being produced versus the old school cannabis. It's not necessarily just the amount of genetics. It's it's really the, everything that the cannabis industry is turning to entirely. You see a lot of people using gelatos really, really heavy. You've seen people using cookies in their genetics very, very heavy because, you know, of course, higher THC uh, content, you know, bigger buds, um, better formation, more frost, because more trichomes that are created that higher the THC. We're not actually growing flowers, guys. We're growing THC trichomes, and that's what gives us the effect, and that's what gives us um, the THC and the, the medical ability with these plants to really soothe us and heal us the way they do. Working with cannabis um, and the trichomes, studying the trichomes uh, and everything that uh, from the makeup to what a bulbous head is to what a trichome stalk is, you know, I, I really highly recommend looking into that and getting more research done about trichomes. What's a uh, ripe trichome and what's an unripe trichome and really learning the stages. You know, of course, you always hear about the clear, the cloudy and, and the amber colored and and to be true with you, you know, it's 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 not a bad thing to go amber too as well. You know, pushing some of your cultivars to about 30% amber with 70% cloudy will sometimes give you a um, very strong effect. It's not necessarily always couch lock. And it's not always like that with uh, all strains. You really have to recognize that, you know, you have sativa, um, you have hybrid, and you have indica. And the truth is, is even when it's a hybrid, you have to ask what's the percentages of the hybrid because even if it's a 70 30 uh say it's a sativa 70 percent 30 percent indica it's still gonna smoke mostly like a sativa you know even though it's considered a hybrid so just make sure you know the difference between you know what you're growing and what the genetics could do but you know mutations come along naturally you see it in all types of different plants um all types of different uh, genetics breeders, you know, it doesn't matter uh, if that person is specifically looking for those traits or not, it, it sometimes will come up. And with this new exotic looking cannabis that we have nowadays, it's kind of a mutation that's bringing those, you know, looks and that, that, that dark black purple look that everybody's always, you know, sought after, or that, um, they're very, very uh, frosty, you know, uh, doesn't make much bud, but just looks like an artist painted it. It's almost defined to where it looks like it could be almost like uh, like plastic to where it looks like it's just so surreal looking. That new exotic, you know, bumpy look that comes from even genetic foxtailing. Um, you'll see different buds that have, you know, crown structures and stuff like that. That's something that people are starting to really focus in on those exotic jurassic almost fern looking palm tree looks like this is what everybody's kind of aiming for nowadays so you know it happens to express a lot through a lot of a lot of different phenotypes as you're popping a pack of seeds you're getting you know let's say a pack of seeds has um 10 seeds in it and miraculously you get 10 different females like it's not always going to happen like that but for example, we're going to say you have 10 females, you know, of the same genetic. It's in the F1 first generation form. Um, it hasn't been worked for its traits or, you know, um, brought into the second or third generation. You know, no back crossing. We're talking about F1. You know, sometimes you're getting a pretty raw variety. You're getting to see a lot, you know, and you'll see mutations sometimes. Um, personally, in my experience, 
I've seen polyploids come uh, from a same pack uh, that would have another cult, uh, another phenotype would have variegation on it. You know, as another one was um, what they call a um, a world uh, uh, phenotaxy. So which is a, a has three leaves coming out of it. It's almost like a triploid, as some people would say, but it actually produces an extra leaf, extra bud sites. And, you know, I've seen leaf buds, you know, that's another mutation that you see. And I've seen this on the same phenotypes, you know, before. So sometimes it's not always best to necessarily work with F1s. Sometimes it's better to work with the F2s with the genetic because then that breeder kind of selected what he thought was best working with that genetic to really pump it up to the F2 to where you're getting, you know, a solid, um, you know, outcome every time. You're not seeing too much of the, you know, variants going on constantly, but F2 could still put out a lot of the, a lot of variants, but at least the variants will be closer to the, you know, parents. Uh, and you're going to have more of an appearance of what the breeder structured to create than just, you know, here's an F1, here's both of the parents, and the offspring could produce anything. So at this point, you know, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So sometimes it's better to grow with stuff that's more generational because it won't give you mutations as much. Um, you know, there's a lot of different breeders that actually search for these mutations and actually, um, I, I'm actually honing in on one right now. I'm always checking out their content, really looking at their seeds. Um, I've actually obtained a couple packs of their seeds and I'm interested in really kind of finding out more. These guys work from everything from, you know, polypoids to, to duck's foot, to the variegation, the world phytotaxi, the, you know, creepers, um, you know, stuff that has leaf buds, you know, um, foxtail mutations. With foxtail mutations, you see that so much now in abundance with different breeders that produce different things. Like I know somebody that's got a GMO cut that just naturally kind of has it's a truth it's it's a foxtail whether or not the light bleached it or not and created you know um you know a, a difference in the in the formation of the bud so it's a little different than you know a true mutation foxtail that's in the genetic take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics state-of-the-art hydroponic systems the Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. Genetically, You'll see this in a lot of the new age cannabis too, as well, whenever it grows kind of long buds, not thick, but you know, they grow more long finger like, and I have examples of like this. I could show you if you guys follow at real Thor 89 or, um, at Viking garden genetics, you know, you guys can catch me online there and, you know, DM me and ask questions. I got pictures of a lot of different mutants over the years. You know, I don't always post everything. So if you want to bring up something, that I talked about, you know, feel free. I could show you guys examples. I have one foxtail mutation genetic that is just extremely neat, extremely cool looking, one of a kind. Um, 
something I grew in RDWC. It was a really, really neat genetic. And uh, I look forward to continuing to grow this. We have it in clone form. It's a, a GMO crossed into a mind flare. It's an unreleased genetic. It's a really cool thing that we have. And uh, we'll continue to hang on to it because I think it would be neat to actually work and, and you know, cross it up into uh, a Thor's hammer that we have here. That's a photo period. So we do have, you know, thoughts of working photo periods as well. You know, it's not always just been autoflower here. So um, we look f we look forward to possibly having a, a couple cool genetics that have, you know, a little bit of a different mutation on the menu. So, you know, these are things that we think about. And sometimes mutations aren't great to breed with, but sometimes they are. And that's what you're seeing in cookies and other strains that develop because they carry, you know, higher THC or you know, higher abundance of yield or, you know, certain terpenes that are really, really hard to, you know, get. So these are little, you know, little things that we're starting to notice um, with our plants too. If you have an extra, you know, something going on, or if you see a flat stem and don't understand what, you know, polyploids are, you know, they're double chromosomes. They usually have a little bit higher of a THC percentage, but they typically make large brain-like tops that protrude almost like a double bud from the top they look like almost like a mohawk you know they're really neat looking you know duck's foot from what we know comes from the australia region and probably is really related to the different um you know genetics that they actually have natural out there and you know autoflowers are a big thing in australia too they can grow very very well there um they actually have you know duck's foot um that's a little bit more sativa like that comes from that region too as well you know um variegation is really really seen commonly that's when you have like two colorings on one leaf the white the yellow and the green and sometimes it could be uh you know splotted which is really neat looking um what this does is sometimes you'll see it on just one branch and if you cut that branch off it won't affect the rest of the plant but sometimes if you keep that branch and grow it you can get a two-toned color bud too as well so it's a really neat process um the, it's not necessarily something sought after that you want to breed with though variegation is uh it, it comes up in a lot you know it's it happens from just you know constant crossing of, of genetics over and over again now the three leaf formation the uh world phytotaxi the the really neat formation that i i see a lot is whenever instead of you know two leaves coming out of you know each new set you know the two the families and then the bud sites and the, and that come out of each uh you know fan leaf um internode there what they'll what, there'll be three families on some of them and they'll actually be um instead of two at each side you'll you'll see you know an extra leaf you know three growing or you'll see three stacked uh symmetrically instead of having two parallel to each other you know one on one at each side it kind of does a uh like what, what some people would like to call triploidism which is not a real name or a real word you know but it is something that has three so people like to say try you know like like triangle kush you know i get it coming from three regions you know they kind of put that together but it'll have three going on instead and this is actually a something that's sought after because what I've noticed with these plants is they put out bigger yields, all of them. Every single mutation that I've ever seen that has the um, world phytotaxi, that three-leaf formation, puts out more bud. 
because not only is it growing extra leaf sets, I believe it also um, stacks up and grows extra buds. I've actually seen buds on the stalks um, where, where typically you would see a calyx, you know, um, and, or a sex, you know, uh, a site come out from the female cannabis plant. I will actually see buds come out of that. Um, it'll grow a whole solid bud on it. Uh, it happens with a lot of this uh, one breeder stuff that I grow. It happens all the time. I see that uh, the buds on the stalks all the time. It's really weird. And then I also see it on the leaves, the leaf formations, bud leaves. Um, a lot of people have seen the bud leaves and the stem leaves and or the stem buds and the buds on the on the fan leaves. And to be honest with you, you know, a lot of people will grow them out for a picture. And it's cool to have them for like the first time, you know, if it's your first time having it, you know, growing them and taking a picture, letting it fully mature and stuff. But your plant's giving more energy to that leaf and it's actually hindering itself from growing bigger tops. Just like what I teach about cleaning up the bottom one third of plants and and not necessarily lollipopping, but definitely, you know, cleaning up the total bottoms and really cleaning out the middles and selective defoliating. You're going to want to do the same thing. It's just um, it's just the way it goes. You know, you're going to want to take those leaf buds off. You're going to want to take those stem buds off. It's going to hinder all that energy. You know, put it towards the tops, man. It's just where it's at. Tops are where it's at. Then you got other stuff like uh, like creeper sativa. You know, I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but there's there's creeper cannabis. And this type of cannabis, typically it doesn't grow kind of uh, in the upward formation. It doesn't grow like the cannabis that we train. It doesn't look like your usual cannabis. Um, this this is a sativa usually, the creeper. Um, it grows in tropical regions a lot. And the creeper actually has the ability to um, not only like grow out and spread, but it could root its branches into the ground and grow straight up. So if you did this with other plants, naturally, you know, you can graft and naturally you can make cannabis clone and shoot roots from its stock. If you had it on the ground long enough, it would probably shoot roots from its stock short. But this creeper variety is a little different. This literally does this. It literally wants to grow on the ground and stretches out like how strawberry plants stretch out. It is really neat. It grows like arms growing outwards. It doesn't grow upwards at all like a cannabis. It literally grows outwards. And it's always in a sativa form most of the time. It really is a neat one. You know, um, it's a really neat thing to go check out. Uh, another mutation I've seen in breeding is uh, twin seedlings. So twin seedlings is the cool thing when it happens. But it's not necessarily... Um, going to mean like the best. So typically one part of the seedling dies. If you're very careful, you can actually separate the seedlings. Whenever it's a twin, you can separate the seedlings and grow two plants. Usually these plants will have an issue though. Okay, so not all the time, but I've also experienced this. Um, there's actually a video on YouTube that has a very beautiful picture of a seed uh, from a GG Gardens and the seed to twin seed, but the results of that twin seed actually came out to be a Hermie on that video. Um, it totally hermaphroditized out, had seed pods everywhere, up and down, was a true Hermie. So twin seedlings don't necessarily mean that it's going to be a great thing, but you still can have them and they're cool to photograph and 
cool to look at. They're the freaks of cannabis. It's a mutant thing. Pretty neat when it happens. So I've sent, I've I've actually kind of uh, enjoyed you know twin seeds in the past, growing myself and and really experimenting with them. Like I said, they don't always give you issues, but most of the time they will. So twin seedlings is one of them. The foxtail mutation I talked about that is absolutely genetic, partially genetic. Um, some do it a little bit more than others. It's just an absolute genetic thing that happens. You'll see it with a lot of different um, genetics. It just happens. It's a mutation. So when people breed with it, um, it comes out more. You're going to see it a lot. You'll see it a lot with like like creature. It looks like a creature alien weed, like alien hand looking weed. Like it's weird. It's definitely odd stuff. But, uh, you know, even... Even guys that are growing hemp, you know, that, you know, some, they, that it's not legal, you know, in their state or they can't grow cannabis. Hemp is still being used for all kinds of stuff. So I really love my hemp growers. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, clothes are made from hemp. Plastics are made from hemp. Yeah, I'm talking plastics. We don't have to, you know, use, you know, nasty stuff and agents that can cause cancer when it's burned you can make that stuff out of hemp you know we're making ropes paper and apparently the female hemp plant makes the uh ropes and all the textiles a little bit better as the male makes better paper and it has to do with their stock their fibers inside the stem i believe the male has a little bit of a looser thicker fiber as the female or as the female has a little bit more of a um, has elasticity to it. GrowPro Solutions is a leading lighting manufacturer based in California, offering a range of quality cultivation equipment for the commercial grower all the way down to the home gardener. With their vertical and static grow systems, along with their HM series lighting, allows you to harness the power of the sun in your grow room or tent. Visit GoPro Solutions at wegrowpros.com. It could actually be manipulated, bent a little bit, a little bit stronger from what I've heard too as well. But uh, with hemp, I mean, they're making housing buildings, so many materials that, I mean, if you realize that hemp used to run our country, hemp used to be on the back of our dollar bill. You know, hemp is, you got to love your hemp growers. And a lot of these hemp growers, they can't grow buds, so they grow mutant formations to kind of, you know, get away with it. Like some people will grow the duck's foot. I grew the duck's foot and a yard in a, in a red state um i actually sent the seeds out to somebody and they grew it right in the front yard and i was with them the whole time we recorded the whole thing we grew frasian duck and then we also got a hold of the autoflower version of the frasian duck too it was really cool and uh, we were able to really check out the duck's foot formation see it, it almost looks like a maple leaf and it uh it has great formation and it's just something that we were able to, you know, um, see that it could really give you production as far as in the midst of, you know, growing hemp or, you know, being hidden and, and a bunch of different plants. This mutation was really, really neat. So, you know, I, I come to appreciate, you know, mutant genetics. And I've been trying to get a couple different mutant genetic breeders to come on the show. Um, I've talked to them. Plenty of times I've asked plenty of times, hey, you know, do you guys want to come to the show? It's just a scheduling thing with them. You know, um, you know, they, just like everybody else in the world, we all deal with health and we all deal with life. So, 
you know, just getting them scheduled is the thing. But I really want to know more about mutant genetics because, you know, sometimes people are seeing that outdoor right now and they got questions about it and they're going into the flowering season and they're like, yeah, hey, I'm dealing with this little bit of a mutation. Check this out. This is cool. I've never seen this before. And, you know, we all of it can be explained scientifically. And, you know, these are things that I believe people should know about heading into flower too as well if they are dealing with it in veg, you know. So make sure you guys are getting all of your training done, all of your um, transplanting done, because we are going to now be in the midst of flower. It's around August, second week of August right now. Uh, we really are starting to really see the stretching going on. We're going to start seeing the weather kick up. You're going to start seeing a lot more winds, a lot more rain. Um, as we head into the um, end of summer here, seems like summer just flew by so quick, so quick. It's not even, not even funny. It seems like um, where I was at here in Maine, um, they talk about global warming really pushing the seasons here. I really believe that um, I've experienced it here over the last eight, 10 years. I've really seen the seasons get pushed back um and held back uh plants not being able to get outside in time you know flowering coming a little early it's a really weird it's a weird thing that's going on so you know i'd like to see how seasonal growing goes um as the years continue up here you know we have a lot of years now under our belt of outdoor seasonal growing so um the more and more we can you know really put into it and you know put some more effort into it i think we could really start recording some videos and uh you know, um, taking a lot more notes and really start passing a lot more uh, information out to you guys. So for now, I'm just going to talk that little bit of miscellaneous and we're going to call it a Thursday today. Appreciate you guys showing up for Thursday with Thor. Pretty much covered a lot of uh, a lot of different mutation topics, you know, what what things are, what they, you know, uh, what they look like would have been great for a video. But it's a podcast. So you guys are listening and I hope you guys got enough in for information on it to at least go online, touch base, do some more information, uh, searching on it and just, you know, gaining more knowledge on cannabis. Cause that's what it's all about. I'm not someone here necessarily to teach you everything. I'm here to, you know, spring up ideas, talk about certain topics, bring in certain people and hopefully, you know, give and inspire other people the ability to, to go out there and research this stuff and, 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 you know, live it and, and experience it because that's what this podcast is all about. So I hope you guys appreciate the miscellaneous talk today. Um, next Thursday, we got some really good stuff coming in. So, uh, don't worry about this one, not being as exciting as the others, but I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope you guys, uh, smoked good, had a good conversation or listening in with me here. Uh, so I appreciate everybody today and you, uh, you guys have a wonderful day. Bye.